I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. As everything is going absolutely haywires and bonkers in the nation, I have decided to switch gears with this podcast. And at first I thought that I would start an entirely new podcast and put BU Find Happy on hold. But then I realized that there is a very large audience of people who are tuning into this podcast every week to better your life, to learn how to speak your truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. And one of the things that I have found as I have started to speak my truth with grace is that I am being shamed. For every one shaming, there are 10 100s on my social media, but I have decided that the best thing to do is to start a But Why series on the BU Find Happy podcast where we will be having guests who are challenging some of the things that are going on in the nation, asking but why, and encouraging us to really get outside of ourselves and the narrative that we are constantly fed to look for answers in other ways. And this podcast, guys, it's all about living alternatively. It's all about being a critical and independent thinker. And the time is now. I saw something that said, game changers, it's time to step out. And I am reporting for duty. I realize that I may lose a lot of listeners by making this switch, but I feel called more than ever. And you guys know I'm all about the metaphysical to show up in this way for those who are ready to listen. So today, our very first But Why series, But Why in the series, (laughs) episode in the But Why series. But Why, But Why, But Why? Oh, here we go. And I really would love your feedback. Good, bad, or otherwise, I hope that you will reach out to me and share your thoughts after listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I haven't been introing our guests lately. I've been letting them take the lead on introducing themselves on this podcast, but I felt like today I needed to do a little brief introduction before starting this episode because one, I know a lot of you are moms and you are probably listening in the car. So full disclosure, the first half of this episode is kid-friendly enough, but the second half of the episode after the break, you might want to shut it down and listen when you're without your kiddos. I'd say after school drop off, but who knows if that's going to even be happening. So maybe put your ear pods in when you're vacuuming or doing the laundry or something like that. Today I have Megan Nepp of Bold Outdoors. She's also a Turning Point ambassador. Guys, I got to the point where there were so many questions, so many but whys, right? That I couldn't stay silent any longer. I needed to have a real conversation and I've actually been checking the stats on this podcast and I'm finding something. You guys are waking too, and you want these real conversations because the episodes where I'm getting down and dirty and having these dialogues are the ones that are blowing up the most. So first and foremost, thank you for being here. If you like this podcast and you want to keep it going, please hit subscribe, share it with a friend, 
Today we're talking about sex trafficking. We're talking about Second Amendment rights and self-defense. We are talking about knowing where your food comes from, vaccines, cancer, and Q. A lot of deep concepts, and you might have just hit the pause and said, whoa, 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 conspiracy theorist, not going down the rabbit hole, and that is a-okay. This episode will be here for you when you are ready, but if you want to dive deep and have a super authentic conversation, give this episode a listen. Thank you so much for being here. Megan, it is so awesome to have you on the BU Find Happy podcast after our big snafu earlier this week. I'm so excited to have you. Well, it's good to be here. I'm excited to be here. And uh, just for full disclosure for the audience, we had a great half hour conversation that didn't record earlier this week. So we are redoing this podcast today. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I just, it was a good conversation. It really was. And I find it so ironic that we were having the dialogue we were having. And then it's like the first time in the history of this podcast, 70 some odd episodes that I've had that happen. It was so odd. Yeah. That was weird. Very weird. So can you share with the audience a little bit about you? Um, Share with us what you've got going on with Bold Outdoors. And you're also a Turning Point Ambassador. Can you tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. what you've got going on? Absolutely. Um, I am 32. I'm from South Florida. I was born and raised here. Um, My family were farmers back in Southern Indiana. So it was kind of like I've always been a big avid outdoorsman it's it's just kind of running my blood from both sides of my family and um kind of I guess bold outdoors originated I've always had this spot in my heart a long story short for uh kids with cancer um I've always been very active lived a very active lifestyle um just with sports I played sports all my life um I played competitively I played on tour Um, I'm fishing, hunting, hiking, horseback riding, um, wakeboarding, just very active. And, um, I've never taken that for granted. Like it's just always been a huge blessing in my life and I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, so when I see kids, when I see these little, I mean, little kids just bound to these hospital beds and, um, they're just kind of wrapped up in in hospitals and treatments and uh immobilized and all these things and it's absolutely just breaks my heart and uh so I was just kind of you know God just laid on my heart to how how can I tie my love for the outdoors and uh kind of give back to that community or organization and uh I just thought you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live bold, you know, walk boldly in my faith. And, um, I'm going to, you know, basically our mission statement is to reveal God's devotion through the great outdoors. And, uh, it's, it's just, you know, if, if you're an outdoors person, you know, you, it's hard to, to be outside and not take it all in or kind of see God's presence just like all around us. I mean, the earth is so gorgeous and I'm so blessed to live in America. I think we have one of the most diverse countries and uh it's just it's really cool so um 20 of whatever we sell online goes straight towards a local family that has is battling that has a child that's battling cancer um we were just spent time uh sponsoring clayton 
Uh, he was three and a half years old. He was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma. Um, and he was with us for a year and a half. And uh, he was in remission for a while and ended up losing his battle um, last August. So um, it's just it's just been really, really great. It's, it's been a, a blessing getting to know these kids, um, getting to impact them and, and getting other people involved and, and donating and just kind of being able to impact these kids' lives. And I, I honestly think they've impacted mine and, and others more, more than the alternative. So as you were talking, I was, trying to input something, but I found myself with this huge lump in my throat, trying to just swallow it down. It's just a devastating concept and thought that, um, you know, I'm a mom to a nine-year-old and to think of a, you know, precious three-year-old or four-year-old or any age child really, um, going through that. And I, I get so much life and encouragement about life by watching my son and we're very outdoorsy. We do a lot of hiking and, uh, lake activities, like you're talking about ocean activities. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, so that just really, uh, kind of brought my emotions all bubbling up to the surface. And, and honestly, lately with the way the world is right now, I think that it doesn't take much for me to get to that space of just feeling kind of utterly devastated or, or heartbroken. Um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking is how, I've done so much research lately and I have a fully vaxxed child. I'm fully vaxxed, but, um, of about what vaccines, uh, have within them, um, notably roundup. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been on this journey for a couple of months now of really questioning a lot of information that I've been getting from mainstream media and asking, but why, but why? And this one, and this isn't even something that we talked about earlier this week, but is this one is a big one is why is Roundup, which is a known carcinogen in vaccines that we are giving to infants. Um, And I, I almost couldn't believe it when I first started researching it. And I'm like, they don't even hide it. It is right in plain sight that they are putting Roundup in infant vaccines. And then of course we wonder why these children have these terrible cancers at such a young age. Like how could they have been exposed to anything? They're, there's their children, you know, and uh, now I'm just getting all these big aha moments. And, and one of the reasons that I, I'm so honored to have you and that I wanted to bring you on this podcast is that one of the things that I've been feeling lately is this great call to bring awareness and insight to the idea that we've been fed a narrative for a very long time. And now more than ever, it is important for, you know, all humans, especially moms, um, women to step outside your comfort zone and start asking questions, start asking, but why challenge the narrative, do research on alternative search engines like akosha.org to try to educate yourself before going along with the mainstream because, um, it's been really eye opening what's been unfolding for me, especially. And, uh, that's how I originally connected with you was that you were being outspoken on concepts of, uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking, and the, and the terrors and awfulness that's going along with that. So, um, I appreciate you for being bold and for having the courage because, 
I'll tell you what, and I know I'm doing a lot of talking here, but um, I mentioned to you earlier this week, we were down in the Bay Area. We live in a rural town in our bubble. We're kind of like removed from everything. We went to the Bay Area. We were having a very lighthearted family conversation at an outdoor table. Laughter's the best medicine. We were joking about the pandemic, just kind of bringing light to everything. And a guy walked by our table as he and his um, significant other were leaving and looked at me and said, you are killing the world. You are the reason people are dying of COVID. And I was so appalled and mind blown. I actually set my Instagram to private within moments of that because I just felt this utter sense of, oh my gosh, this world is so divisive right now and so ugly and, you know, Mm -hmm. perfectly kind people are becoming perfectly ugly with what is going on. And I didn't want to suddenly feel like a fish in a fishbowl for my thoughts, my beliefs, and for challenging the narrative. Um, so I, I really commend you for, for being able to speak out because I'm only as much as I've got this podcast with, you know, tens of thousands of listeners every week. my voice is relatively silent when it comes to what my heart really believes sometimes on some of these things for fear out of fear. Um, and I'm just finding a space to be able to talk about these things. Um, one of the things I've shared on this podcast is I'm a very hippie mom. I love animals. I'm all for nature. Um, you know, all things organic, sustaining, growing my own veggies, but I also, I have a conceal and carry permit. I am not afraid to use my gun if I need to defend my family. And I think that a lot of women have found themselves, and I'd love to get into this conversation with you, in this space of feeling like I cannot be a hippie mom or a hippie woman or an organic woman and brandish a gun. And that is not true. That That is what the mainstream would like you to believe that you have to choose. You have to pick a label. You can't be both. Can you talk a little to that? I know you're big on second amendment rights. Um, I know you are very confident in sharing the importance of self-defense. Can you talk a little to that and share that with the listeners? Absolutely. Um, like, like I said, I, I was born and raised in the outdoors. We, you know, grew a lot of our own fruits and veggies, just like you said. And, We've always harvested our own meat, um, deer, we've raised cattle, you know, our own beef, all organic, just, just because, I mean, it, it's just nice to know. I mean, we process our own meat, everything we do ourselves. It's just nice to know like what you're putting in your body and, and that everything is organic. Everything is, is natural and, and all those all those things. And, and then along with that, you know, you, you appreciate it more when, when you're doing it yourself. And, uh, so I, I can relate to that way of life and I commend it. You know, I think there's a lot to be said for, for that way of living. And, um, with that being said, like we were always, when we were sent out into the woods, um, I'm a big bow hunter and, and we never, we never went into the woods. We never went hiking. We never did anything unless we were, carrying you know I mean there's mountain lions we've run into bobcats I've had coyotes circling my tree when I've been up in my tree stand and they wouldn't let me down and um there's just there's been a lot of I was um I worked on a ranch in Montana where we took guests on trail rides and uh you just bears mountain lions you never know what you could run into you never you just never know so I think it's so important that we use 
our right to bear arms. I mean, we have a second amendment for a reason. They gave that to us. Um, I think I, I very much stress the importance of knowledge about that. I mean, I've, I've had, I don't know how many people, it's been crazy how many people have messaged me privately over the past two or three months asking, you know, I, I know you're into this. How, how do I, how do I obtain a permit? How can I conceal carry? Uh, what, what gun do you shoot? And I'm like, it's not about me. It's not about what I shoot. It's, it's about you, what you feel comfortable doing. You've got to be confident in that. You've got to know the rules. You've got to know how to shoot it. You've got to, there's just so much behind it. And, um, like I said, you, it's, it's just being confident in that and knowing how to use it. And, um, I, I think yeah, you bring up ahead. such a good point that it is very, I mean, uh, it, you know, especially with the conceal and carry in California, there's a very heavy burden that comes along with that responsibility of, you know, knowing where your weapon is at all times, knowing how to use your weapon, knowing how to dearm your weapon, knowing how to protect your weapon from children and other people who um, could use your yeah. weapon against you. And there's a lot that goes into it. And it's a very empowering thing. And I think that people have this notion that, you know, guns just kill. Well, that, that, that is a true statement. However, they can also be the deciding factor between you and your child and someone else. And that for me was the switching point was I used to tell my husband, if somebody tries to rob us, I'm going to run. I can hit the highway in two seconds. I've run marathons. I've, you know, and, and as soon as my son came along, I realized that I had this other life to defend and that it was, it was naive of me to think that I would be able to manage that if somebody else had a weapon and I didn't. And that was when I started to realize that it was really important for me to educate myself. I was terrified the first time I, I held a gun. I mean, and I grew up in a family of hunters, so I grew up around guns, but I, but I was a hippie chick and I was like, nah, not right. my gig, not my bag. Um, I like, I liked the ignorance of not knowing where my food came from and that sort of thing. Now, now that being said, I'm pescatarian. If we're going to label it, I eat fish. I don't, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter here nor there. Um, I catch my own fish that I eat. And so I definitely kill, you know, I I've definitely experienced that. My husband tells a hilarious story to this day. Um, the first time when we were just dating, he took me up uh, to Alaska. His parents uh, live up there and we, we went fishing and I was so, the fishing was so fun. Like the fishing part was so fun. But the minute I caught a fish, um, we were with this guy, they called him the high tech redneck. And in, in a very not, you know, just in a very fun, lighthearted way. And he took this big metal bat and smacked the salmon over the head. And it, I, I mean, I just started bawling and all of the guys froze and they all kind of looked at my husband now and they were like, uh oh, you know, and and then I wiped my tears and I go, can we do it again? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> she wasn't going <laughs> to. And so I've killed thousands yeah. of fish now proudly because they feed my family. They nourish us. They sustain us. And I'm okay with that. But um, yeah. So when I started to kind of get involved in shooting, I was doing it for self-defense. And, um, you know, I was working as a therapist with, with some crazy people, um, getting off work late at night, things like that. And just started realizing that, you know, even just walking to my car, you know, my aunt has a very traumatic story of, 
of something awful that happened to her in a parking garage walking to her car at night. And um, so I just started to realize that it was important. And I was terrified the first time I really handled a gun. Um, Like you said, I found a that fit for me. It, it, you know, I wanted a revolver. I wanted to see the bullets. I wanted to know what was happening. Um, and my husband would be so upset with me for calling them bullets because they're cartridges, <laughs> but, um, it's an empowering way to live, to know that you can defend yourself. How do you feel about women who maybe are afraid of taking that first step? What would you say to them about like they've never grown up around guns, you know, all they know is they could discharge at any time and kill somebody. Like, what do you say to that? It's in, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people, I've coached a lot of women. I've coached a lot of girls, um, in, in gun knowledge, gun, um, just the more, you know, because everyone, everyone's fearful of, of what they don't know or what they're not familiar with. So I encourage them to familiarize yourselves. You know, if, if you, don't have the opportunity. We've had land. We've always had a place to go just shoot and a target practice. But, you know, there's, there are gun ranges around, there's indoor ranges. Um, get, get a hold of someone that does know what they're doing. Get a hold of um, a trainer or, you know, they're, they're all over the United States. Um, seek, seek somebody out, a professional, um, get with them, help, just ask them to train you. You look, you know, like, I, I don't know anything. I've never, I've never even held a gun before. I don't know what I'm doing. People are more than willing to help you learn and to make you comfortable and confident in, um, in knowledge and, and just to educate and train yourself. Like I said, you know, it's, it's very important to, to know what you're doing to the safety, the safety that comes with guns, because yes, they are, you know, it's scary if, if you don't know what you're doing. It's scary if you do know what you're doing. You just, you always, you can never be too careful. And like in those situations, you know, heaven forbid you ever have to use it, you know, that's, that would be my absolute last resort. Like I, nobody ever wants to use a gun, you know, that's not why we have them. It's just, it's just knowing that you can protect yourself, knowing that you are capable of saving your life or somebody else's, your child's, um, you know, it's, it's just knowing that and having the confidence to, um, to take a stand when that situation, heaven forbid, if that would ever come into play, I guess. You, you bring up such a good point that owning a weapon doesn't mean you intend to kill somebody. Owning a weapon means that you intend to defend yourself if you need to. And I think a lot of times it's not it's not taught that way. It's taught that it's a killing thing rather than a defense thing. And I, and I really wish that that stereotype would go away because I have never once ever considered using my weapon. And I am thankful because if I've considered using my weapon, it means somebody was damn near about to kill me or my family. And so I think that's an important distinguishment that, you know, just because you have your weapon doesn't mean that you ever intend to use it. That being said, I, I still target practice and stay current because, you know, I find that if I haven't shot my weapon in a while, I am a little rusty. It, I, it's not like you forget, but you're not, a, not quite as on target as you could, could right. be. Right. Yep. And those situations, if, I mean, like I said, God forbid that ever happened, you know, your heart's racing, you're panicking, you're, you know, your mind's racing. And so 
even, I mean, I've done training so much to where like I'm climbing up ladders, running sprints, um, doing pushups. And then I have to grab my gun and shoot a bullseye. You know, you have to factor in your hands shaking, being out of breath, your, your heart's racing, you know, all of those factors. Like there's so many ways to train so that when that, if, like I said, heaven forbid that would ever happen, you're, you know how to react. Yeah, and it sort of becomes like a second nature, yeah. Right. You know, um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is that um, they often say when you're, like, getting a CCW, for example, that people, um, you know, they're not prepared for how your body is in fight or flight mode, full adrenaline pumping and all that's going on there. So you bring up a good point that if you can go to one of those training centers that at least tries to throw your body into that situation, that's even better. We had a friend that said, I'm going to come to your house in the middle of the night. (laughs) My husband was like, please don't do that because you won't really want to go to bed. (laughs) But, you know, his point was that's when you need to train is in the middle of the night. Um, earlier in the podcast, yeah. I said, I've, ki- I've killed a lot of fish and I want to back up a little bit because I do have a lot of hippie listeners that were probably like, Oh my God. But, but the truth <laughs> of it is yeah. I have, I have harvested a lot of fish, um, you know, and, okay. and, and that's a better right. term, I think for, you know, the fact that I'm not killing just to kill, right. we are killing to sustain, to eat and our freeze, fill our freezer for the next year, year and a half or whatever. And we don't kill anything that we don't intend to eat. So I just wanted to back that up because I thought, right. you know, I might've just spurred a lot of triggers in people <laughs> saying right. that. No, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, every, I mean, I get a very, very bad rep. I get, I've gotten, I don't know how many death threats on my Instagram and on public forums, you know, people labeling me as a killer. And I'm just like, this is the way I was raised. We've never, my parents never, ever taught me that we're, we're killing just to kill anything we've ever shot, um, bow and arrow rifle, whatever it may be like with everything is put to use everything, everything we, everything is harvested. So we're eating what we kill. We're not eating it. We're not killing it type thing. You know, it's true. Just that way of life. True story. When my brother was little, he shot a squirrel with his BB gun and my grandpa made him put that thing on the grill. <laughs> he had to eat it. <laughs> I, I, was so, I mean, like, I remember being mortified by the whole thing. But now as an adult, I completely understand, like, why he did that and what that was about. And I think that um, I think that's important. And I think a lot of people, you know, go to the grocery store. They go to the barbecue, they eat the burgers, they eat the hot dog, they eat whatever with like this certain naivety of like where your food really mm-hmm. came from and what really happens. We actually did meat birds a couple years ago um, and I haven't eaten chicken since because it yep. was, it was such an experience for me that I was like, and I, and I have hens, I have a layer, layer hens and um, the meat birds are little Frankenstein birds, but even still. I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, it changed my perspective. I was like, I, nope, I'm done with chicken. Um, and so it's interesting <laughs> how, when you do start taking on that burden or responsibility of really knowing where your food comes from, how you look at it differently. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And that, and that's the one thing that was instilled in me growing up, you know, you have such, such an appreciation for the circle of life for 
just for everything. Like when you're hunting, you're hunting your own food. There's just such a different respect for the animal and respect for the circle of life and just there's so much more about it and um and working for that and then you're so much more thankful and appreciative of of even just having you know a blessing to to be able to put food on your table to be able to provide um organically and and all those things you know guys, I'm so excited to tell you that Empowered, a motivational journal for women, not only hit the bestsellers list a few days after its launch, but it has stayed on the bestsellers listed Amazon. If you want to be empowered in your life, there is no better time than now to get this journal and start living your true intention. It is full of prompts that you will absolutely love to get you inside and outside to silence that negative self-talk and start creating your dream life. Check it out on amazon.com empowered, a motivational journal for women. Absolutely. And I was thinking about how, you know, what really spurred our, and I'd like to shift gears a little bit here. And I even want to announce for the listeners that if you have children in the car, now might be a time to press pause um, and listen to the rest of this podcast when you're not with your kids in the car. But, um, one of the reasons we connected was to bring light to the topic of, um, human trafficking, sex trafficking. And, um, as we record today is actually world human trafficking day. Um, so this will come out after, but there's never, there's never been a better time to bring awareness to it. And I don't think it's ever too late. Um, and I know that you're actively involved in, um, kind of bringing awareness to the topic of modern slave trading, sex trafficking, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and um, just have you share a little bit about what you know about sex trafficking, and then we can kind of talk about how um, people, parents can, you know, take, take defensive action against this and be more aware and bring awareness to their com communities. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so, I mean, human trafficking can, ca can happen to anyone. Um, there's, there's no limit there. Unfortunately, um, most majority of the time, you know, you're talking about children, uh, anyone from zero to 18 years old. Um, and, and every, every child that's, that's abducted or used in this disgusting, evil ring. I mean, bought, sold, traded. The, these kids are being raped. They're being abused. They're being used for Pornography is a huge one. Um, slavery, sacrificing, like evil rituals. It, it's, there's just no limits there. And it's absolutely horrible um, um, what is going on. The thing is, it's been going on for centuries. And I think we have, I think why it's so evident today and it's becoming, people are becoming more aware of it is because we have the means to do that. Whereas before social media, um, it, it was kind of something to easily keep covered up, but 
with people's platforms and, and search engines and just everything that's coming out and all the, um, like I said, the sources that we have these days, it's, it's a lot easier. Well, unfortunately, I mean, it goes both ways. It's easier for it to happen because most of the time it happens um, through the internet um, or through social platforms, apps, all those things, but it, it's also made it easier to make people aware of it and bring it to light. So I think that's very important too. And I think it is a little bit of a catch 22 because also social media and the internet has made it easier for predators to find victims as well. So it's kind of like as a parent, just being super mindful of what your children are doing on the internet. I used to think that you know, it, it didn't affect boys. And, and after doing my own research, I'm coming to find out it affects, um, majority is children under 18. I read a horrific statistic that 20 sexually trafficked women, and I I can't call them women, they're children, girls, um, are forced to have sex up to 14 times per day. I I mean, that is utterly disgusting to my mama heart. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, yes, this has been happening. It's been happening in plain sight in our backyard, Sacramento, um, which is not far from me is a huge hub for sex trafficking. But I think we have turned our blinders off to this kind of stuff because it does hurt so much. I think we have what we call in, in psychotherapy terms. And also you've been seeing probably a lot on social media, cognitive dissonance, we, we, we have to detach from it because it's too much. Now is the time to stop detaching and to start bringing awareness to this. And I think, um, in talking with a lot of moms that I know, they're like, I just want to hide my child for the next 18 years. And, and it, and it feels that way. However, there is so much that you can do. I know for me, um, being in the psychotherapy world and working with victims who were sexually trafficked, um, in this area. One of the things that I started doing with my son very early on is having very open conversations about penises and vaginas and, you know, talking about it, not having it be such a taboo topic, telling him, you know, that if anybody ever tries to take you, you kick, you scream, you rip, you shred them up, you do whatever you have to do, you run because they want the children who are not going to be loud. They want the ones who are easy. And so, you know, we've taught our son, if you get drugged into a car, you're gone. That's it. So you do everything you have to do. And we've, we've really empowered him that if something's not sitting right in his belly, he can speak his truth. He can tell us. And by modeling that he can share with us, if something doesn't feel good, to us and not responding to him negatively, that's showing him that he can do the same and advocate for himself in all other environments. So, you know, if, if he, if he learns early on, Hey, if mom and dad do something I don't like, for example, the other day, my husband whispered something to me and he said, I don't like that you guys are telling secrets. And, you know, back in the day, parents used to go, it, you do what as I say, not as I do. You, I, you know, I don't care how yes. you feel about that. We're adults. Right. You're a kid. And instead we said, well, tell us about that. You know, what, what was bothering you about that? And we've created this environment where he knows if something doesn't feel right, he can say it. He can say that out loud. And I think that too many parents now don't give their children room to speak when something doesn't feel well. Because a lot of times 
when our kids say something, it's a direct reflection on us. And so we don't want that. We don't want them to tell us how they really feel because that calls out our parenting, right? But it's important. Uh It's important to talk openly about, you know, sexual topics and the human body and things like that. And I, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of parents don't do that. No, they don't. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, it, it, maybe they feel uncomfortable. It's, it's not like an easy conversation to discuss, you know, but it, it's, it's so pertinent, like, especially, especially today. And I, I think there's a big difference between living in fear and being aware. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're very different. And, uh, it's so important that we're aware and by being aware, you don't have to live in fear. And uh, I think that's important. You know, we, we've created this world, I think, where, you know, we kind of buy into this victim mentality. Um, and, we, and we definitely say things like, oh, you know, bullying and this and that. But the reality is we need to be teaching our kids to be strong and to be brave. And I, and I shared this phrase with you before and I'll share it again. My policy is do no harm, but take no shit. Um, so, you know, I I think that when we teach kids that like, oh, you know, that, that person's just being a bully to you. I mean, I'm, I'm not for bullying. I think that is wrong, but I also think that it's important that we teach our kid how to stand up for themselves against the bully and how to not, you know, to feel confident in their own skin and confident with themselves rather than like you poor thing, you've been bullied. Woe is you. No. That is not the way to raise your child. I mean, and I'm, I'm sharing my opinion here. Obviously, parents have different thoughts in different ways, but all that does from a psychotherapy standpoint is create this notion and idea that we are weak and that we are not capable. And I would never mm-hmm. want that to be the messaging that I'm sharing with my child. Right, right. Absolutely. I, and it's funny, I was just having this conversation last night. I met my parents for supper and uh, we were having that conversation. And, and I mean, like I said, I, I grew up in the church and the way I was raised, everything was very passive. You know, everything's very non-confrontational, turn the other cheek. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And there's different ways to approach a situation, but, and like I said, this was my opinion. So I was, I was, um, kind of at heads with my, with my parents. Uh, it's personal, but like, I, I just don't think anyone should ever have to be bullied or attacked and not be capable or feel, feel enabled to, to stand their ground. And, and you can do that. I mean, there's different ways to do that. There's different ways to approach a situation, obviously. Um, but I think it's very important to, to stress and to, to, to educate, especially children, that it's okay to to stand your ground. It's okay to, and, and like I said, there's different ways to go about that that are right and wrong. But just letting them know that that you have the right to defend yourself. And uh, yeah, I think that's important. Absolutely. And one of the things that you kind of just touched on, which I'm glad because I'd love to shift gears to this for a minute, is... Um, you know, that you, you had independent thoughts of your parents. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been seeing as an interesting revolution 
and I'll and I'll just say I'm so tired of being called a conspiracy theorist lately for having an independent thought um, is oh. the rise of Q and um, and just kind of this idea of thinking independently and critical thinking. Um, can you share a little bit about what Q is? Um, you know, some some people maybe who are tuned into this podcast right now are going, okay, I, they mentioned conspiracy theory. I'm checking out. I'm not really sure. But this idea is, um, I think, is important to bring some light to. And, and I... Uh, <laughs> have traditionally been pretty nervous to talk about things like this on my social media platform where you have that kind of bold bravery. And so can you share a little bit about what the idea of Q is and how that pertains to critical thinking? Right. So I, like I said, I, my platform's usually based around the outdoors and, and encouraging people to get outside, but I'm also very outspoken about about certain topics that I'm passionate about back in. And I've I, just like you said, I've always been like one of those people. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's the conspiracy theory. Or did you hear that? Blah, blah, blah. Like they're starting to believe this. And um, I've always kind of thought that way and was taught that way. And back in February when they, I watched the uh, Out of the Shadows documentary. And that really hit me in a different way. I kind of was like, well, this is a conspiracy theory, but but what if, what if, what if this is all true? Like it was just, it kept tugging at me and I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to do my own studying and all that stuff. And then COVID hit and then uh, the fall of Cabal documentary came out and just all of it, all of these things. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going down this rabbit hole before I knew it. I'm like months into research and doing all this stuff because I, I wanted to know for myself. I, I got, I think I got to the point where I was like, so tired of being fed information. I'm like, what if these documentaries are right? What if, what if Q is trying to warn us or just not just kind of awaken us and let us know what's going on. Q for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's kind of like a, no one knows who who Q is, it's just kind of these Q drops that have started, I think it was 2017. Um, but it's just to awaken the masses to the reality of our world. You know, they they want us want to show us, you know, who's controlling it, who's behind everything. And and everything that was coming up, everything that I came across, there was it got to the point where there was just too much evidence to deny it anymore. And that just really hit me. There, there, there were too many things that, that added up. There were too many things that were being exposed in February that turned out to be true. Everything that was coming out was happening. And I was like, holy cow, this is, this is all, like I said, there's just too much evidence to deny it. And now, like, I'm the one that's this crazy conspiracy theory, you know, but it's, they, they want, they label it that because they want people to think that it's taboo. That or you're that crazy. Yeah. Nonsense. You know, it's like when people are free thinkers, people are thinking for themselves and doing their own research. And now all of a sudden they can't control what people are thinking and, and what they're programming us to, to do and to think and programming fear and programming all these things. And they're panicking. I think it's just, I don't know. 
as a kid, I, I was always the kid that, that asked, but why, but why? And I was always getting the response just because Kayla, just because <laughs> I think my parents were just driven nuts with my yeah, endless questioning. So ask Jeeves and Google like changed my life. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've, I've often said on this podcast that I'm not, I'm not red. I'm not blue. I'm purple some blend of in between. Um, because I, I never take face value as it is. It's just always been my personality. And so, um, what happened for me in the world of Q is that some of the stuff that was happening in the nation, just, you know, per highly intelligent people that I know were just lining up. And I was like, how is this making, why are you not asking why? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And people were just like, just because, and I'm like, no, I'm not accepting just because that is not a reasonable answer for me. And so I started reaching out to people in a smaller circle and, um, I've, I've actually really, so I, I lost my, my, my big Instagram account I had, it was hacked. And I've talked about it on here, thousands of followers. I've restarted and I've kept it really small. And I'm really grateful for the timing of that because now more than ever, I feel like having a small pod of people um, around me because I haven't had a lot of patience for, and, I, and I'm a very open-minded person. But lately, after researching the way I've been researching and finding what I've been finding, I haven't had a lot of patience for people who aren't like-minded. Um, so I'm glad that I don't have this huge social media platform because I would be like totally <laughs> intolerant. Just get out of here. Just go Bye. you know, yeah. um, and that does not fit my quote unquote brand with, <laughs> with the books and the podcasts and everything that I do. And I'm being full disclosure because this is how I feel. Once you start down this journey and you start to realize there are too many coincidences. And when that happens, it's like scientifically proven that then it's not it, it can't, it, it's proven at that point. It becomes fact uh -huh. when that many uh -huh. things line up. That's how science works. So for me, um, you know, being a very independent thinker and going down this path, I think once you awaken, it's really hard to have conversations with those who aren't woke. It's just really yeah. challenging because I, I find myself going within and just saying, you know what? I don't need to. If they come around and they know where to find me, if they come around, they want to have a conversation about it, I will. And I, I just kind of look at them and smile and I'm like, it's okay. You'll get there when you get there. And I, I, it took me a long time to get there. I remember watching Paul Cabal. It took me almost 10 days to finish that video because it broke my heart. It shattered every notion that I had. I could not fathom that these evil things could be happening in our world. I, it was cognitive dissonance to the nth degree. I was completely like, nope, this can't be happening. Nope, nope, nope. It took me a long time. And I realized everybody's going to be on their own journey and they're going to do it in their own timing. And if they don't, that's okay. Maybe in this lifetime, they're not meant to. That's okay. But I can't be, I can't take on that burden. And I find myself, um, you know, with my friends who aren't, I'm having lighthearted conversations about the weather and right. <laughs> where they yep. like to travel yep. next. And I keep it really surface because I am finding, um, more than ever, I'm rallying my small tribe and, mm -hmm. um, and it's not out of naivety. It's the opposite. 
I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I'm like, gosh, I feel like this immense desire to have to listen to the alternative because I'm liking, I'm a balanced person and I don't want to be judgmental and I don't want to rule out. And I want to be, I don't want to become the person that isn't open to listening. And she said, but again, 99% of your messaging has come from that direction. And what you're experiencing is what they want you to experience, which is that that is the only message you should be hearing and that there is no other message. And it's so true. It's so true. And so, um, I encourage anybody to, if, you know, if, if you have listened to this podcast or you have seen something on social media, or there's even just been something in general, that's not been sitting right in your belly. Like you've been seeing stuff unfolding in your family and your friend, you're like, what? Or in the nation or with COVID ask about why go to an alternative search engine, like akosha.org and, and start to do some research on on what all this is about and, and, and seek answers for yourself. Cause that's what Q is. And that's what I love about it. It's not telling you what to believe. It's saying, here's some information. Right. If it piques your interest and you're curious, go do more research. Right. It's encouraging you to think, you know, more important. here's information. We're still asking you to form your own opinion, but it's like deep down. I feel like deep down in your soul, I feel like everybody has got to know, like, something's off, something's not right, something's not sitting well, seeing where where our world has been and where we're, our nation's headed. And it's just like so many people are searching. And I think that's why this is just blown up because so many people just have that unsettling feeling and so many people are searching for, for answers. And, um, and they're willing to give you these answers or willing to give this information to you and yet still encourage you, you know, we're not telling you what believe, what to believe, but just, just go find out for yourself. And I think that's, I think that's really respectable. I think that says a lot about you and, and about this quote unquote, you know, conspiracy theory. And um, like I said, I, all of this, it was kind of like a state, like you said, you were just like, this is not, I can't believe this. This isn't, cognitive dissonance like you you're just you can't process everything and it it takes a long time it takes a while and that's kind of where I was and the more and more what I think what really did me in was the control over the social media platforms and seeing them banned and delete videos and things coming out I mean, there's always been nonsense. There's always been crazy people. There's always been crazy theories on YouTube and and different channels. I mean, for for the past couple decades. So why all of a sudden are they deleting these videos or labeling them as sensitive content or fact checking? Like to me, that was what sent me over the top. I was like, all right. Something's, something's not right here. If, if they're going to all this trouble to delete all this information all of a sudden, so that that's kind of what was my turning point, I guess you could say. I, I saw a meme. It was awesome. It said, congratulations, Twitter, by banning um, 7,000 accounts and the, and the hashtag QAnon, you just confirmed that you're scared. Right. <laughs> Right. That's so true. Like if, if you're really just thinking that's just some crazy conspiracy theory, then why are you going to that extreme? Because QAnon isn't hurting anybody. It's a right. group of anonymous people. 
nationwide who are asking why. <laughs> so if you're scared of exactly. that and you're banning that, and then you just, people, yeah, deleting yeah. accounts. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing, but you know, it's funny is as stuff comes out more and more every day, I'm just so not, I, I mean, at this point I'm like figures, yep. Saw that coming, you know, like at this point, yeah. it's yeah. just like, it's, it's all yeah. there, you know what I mean? All unfolding exactly as I mean, it, you would expect it to. And then there's still people that aren't woke that are like, <gasps> and I'm like, yeah. Poor thing, you'll get there. <laughs> I've, I've been there. I was there three months yeah. ago. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, I may have lost half my listener base at this point, but that's okay because the people <laughs> who are here are supposed to be. <laughs> um, I, I thank you so much for for being willing to to have this dialogue and having the courage to have this dialogue and um, you know putting yourself out there. I know there's trolls on the internet. I know that you have. Um, an open account that probably deals with a lot of that. So I commend you and um, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm appreciative of that. And uh, for those listeners who are like, just kind of going, what just happened? Um, I'm going to include links to some information about human trafficking and modern slave labor, as well as an anonymous tip line. Um, we're going to link the bold outdoors for those of you who might want to get involved in Megan's awesome cause, um, and also learn more about, um, firearms in general. And then lastly, I will put, um, two pertinent videos. I recommend everyone start with out of the shadows. And if that, um, piques your interest, then go to fall of cabal. But I will give the explicit lyrics warning that that is a lot to take. So um, I wouldn't drive, jump down that rabbit hole until you are ready to wake. Um, but Megan, is there anything else that you would like to share before we go? Um, not really. I think you did a really good job in covering covering everything that's been you know on my heart and on my mind and. And as far as encouraging listeners just to, uh, to don't settle for, for just being fed information from whoever it may be, from us, from the news, from whoever, but uh, just encourage them to, to look, in, look into things deeper and um, learn for themselves and form opinions for themselves, for sure. I love that. And I have great news, which is that it is still recording. I've been checking it like every three minutes to make sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> because my conspiracy Good. theorist mind now is worried that if I mention certain words, <laughs> it's going to just be obliterated it's, it's... by Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it's actually there when we hang up. Hopefully so. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, hope. thank you so much, Megan, and I'm and I'm glad that we're connected. And um, I'm sure that this is going to spur a lot of dialogue, and we will have you back on the podcast to talk more about these things. Awesome! Thank you so much. Take care. Yep, you too. This has been a Bu Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.